Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to tonight's edition of the Eurocopa podcast. I am your host, Nipun Chopra. Thanks for joining us. Today, we will do a, an abbreviated podcast where we'll discuss the two big games from today, which was the wins for England and the U.S. men's national team. In order to do those, uh, do that wrap-up, I'm joined by Karthik Krishnaya and Robert Hay. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. Let's start, Robert, with the U.S. men's national team. We just got done watching what was an excellent game, very entertaining, a real cup game, uh, sorry, a real uh, quarterfinal game, a knockout game. Uh, red cards, goals, yellow cards, fouls, coaches being ejected. Excellent game, wasn't it, Robert? Yeah, this game truly had everything you could possibly want in it. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, maybe the only thing missing was a hat trick, and I think Dempsey might have threatened that at some point. <laughs> um, good, you know, good win for the U.S. Uh, I, you know, if you watch the English version, English broadcast version of this match. In the U.S., you would have heard the talk about grit and determination, and that's why the U.S. won. Um, I think it was a little bit more than that. I think that uh, partly Ecuador decided not to come out and play really until the second half when their backs were against the wall. That's when they really uh, started playing very well. Uh, and the U.S., I think this overall was a pretty good matchup for them. Ecuador, Ecuador didn't press them and allowed the U.S. to do a lot, uh, at least to the beginning. Um, and, and U.S. created some bad matchups. Bobby Wood tonight was a bad matchup overall when he kept his head on, on his shoulders. Uh, Clint Dempsey was a bad matchup. Uh, and then when you combine that with some good defensive play by uh, overall, I'll say overall, even though there were some mishaps by Jeff Cameron and Jeff, definitely John Brooks and, and Brad Zahn. Um, you know, this was a, this was a great, you know a good result for the U.S. obviously, and I think a well deserved win. Um, it, they probably should have done a little bit better, had some substitutions come on in the second half to to not make it such a nervy last 15 minutes when Ecuador really looked like they were going to um, tie this match. But uh, overall, you can't fault the U.S. for playing a good game and uh, getting this one right and advancing to an interesting uh, next match. Karthik, let's talk about the player of the tournament right now for the U.S., and that's uh, Brooks. I mean, he's he was terrific today, dealt with, a, with an injury to, I think it was his wrist or his arm, uh, and then except for a couple of minutes immediately after the sending off of Jones, he didn't set a foot wrong, had multiple interceptions, read the game really well, and dare I say, reminded me a little bit of Rio Ferdinand 
uh, in games that I've seen. It's not a crazy comparison. In fact, uh, Rafa Honingstein made a comparison with Jerome Boateng earlier mm, in the season, okay, yeah. which uh, sent people into uh, people were going crazy about. It. Now, a lot of people in the United States didn't see that article, so uh, it didn't qu- cause quite the stir here that it, maybe it should have, since it is a U.S. international defender. But his positioning sense has been impeccable in this tournament. You see him winning balls. We talked about obviously the Paraguay game that uh, that that game-saving, probably tournament-saving tackle he made for the United States uh, on that three-on-one three-on-one breakaway. Uh, he he times his tackles perfectly. He's leaving the ground uh, at the right moment. Some some defenders time their uh, their tackles and, and leaving their feet all wrong. Even veteran defenders, and his positioning positioning sense has been impeccable. The partnership with Jeff Cameron has been impressive. Two guys coming off seasons where they played very well uh, for high level clubs. Uh, Cameron for Stoke, uh, Brooks for Hertha Berlin. So I think we're seeing the value in of in the U.S. team of guys that are playing at high level clubs and are uh, developing a positioning sense and a tactical sense. And, and we're seeing that throughout the team, but Brooks is the uh, foremost example. And, and what a tournament he's had. I think this might be a stretch, and this may be homerism, U.S. men's national team homerism, but I think beyond, uh, beyond Leo, Leo Messi, he's been the best player in this tournament. We don't think of central yeah. defenders that way. Although Cannavaro won uh, the, the player of the year and, and World yeah. Cup uh, golden ball. So uh, maybe uh, maybe I Brooks think he won the uh, Ballon d'Or that season too. Yeah, he won the Ballon d'Or, right. Yeah. So uh, every now and then we think about central defenders in that light. And I think uh, Brooks is making a strong, strong case that beside Messi, who's the best player on the planet or one of the two best players on the planet and doesn't whine about the opposition like the other mm-hmm. guy who's really, really good about the way the opposition plays. Um, of course, reference to Ronaldo and his comments about <laughs> Iceland after that draw the other day. But uh, I think he might be the second best player in this tournament. Yeah, I really like that what you said there, Karthik, because I'm thinking about teams that have done well. Um, you know, you obviously have teams that have players like Messi, and they're all, always going to do well. But when you don't have a standout star like that, you have to build your team around a strong defensive unit. Uh, and I look at Brooks, and I look at uh, Cameron, and I look at uh, some of the defensive plays we've seen, uh, especially in the Paraguay game, later on in this game. And I'm really hardened by the defensive structure in this team. I liked watching uh, Bradley drop in those, those deep positions. I liked, uh, actually, Robert, let me get you in on this idea. So one of the things I thought the U.S. kind of tweaked, or uh, whether it was Klinsman or someone else, uh, was the role of uh, Zardes. Uh, we can talk about the goal he had. I mean, even he couldn't have missed that goal. But the, the point I wanted to raise uh, was that he, he's been given this slightly more withdrawn role where, in my opinion, it, it, you get rid of some of his uh, his biggest weakness, which is his crossing. His crossing is fairly atrocious. And you work to his strength, which is driving at a, a, a holding midfielder or a defender of an opposition with the pace he has, with the trickery he has. So I like the tweak that they've made there, and it's really freed up uh, Wood and Dempsey, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. And I think, like you said, it frees them up to do what they do best uh, and, and how they play off of each other. So, I, you know, we have a tendency to criticize Jurgen Klinsmann. I know mm-hmm. I've done it in the past for his technical, let's say, lack of acumen. But again, I think in this game, he got it right. Uh, in terms of the back line uh, and, and Michael Bradley playing deep, um, I think a lot of that also has to, to do with the fact that you finally have a rotation and players who have been playing together for this national team. Uh, for the longest time, there's a lot of tinkering going on. And whether that was due to the talent or lack thereof, 
uh, players not meshing very well or, or just not working together. Uh, it seems like the U.S. has finally hit upon something uh, that's going to resemble a good defense uh, in the back there. And then when you you have to when you free Michael Bradley from having to roam forward and be a creative playmaker, uh, as you said, having Zardes play a little bit more of that role, he does what he does best, which is kind of disruptor, box box, whatever you want to call it, um, and help out with the back. So um, yeah, I mean, as much as we give, uh, you know criticize Klinsman for uh, not getting it sometimes. Maybe, just maybe, um, he did get it on, a, on those points, uh, although the biggest tests are yet to come. Yeah. Karthik, uh, it's interesting, uh, just to finish up on that, it, it's almost like the U.S. is playing a 4-3-1-2 now as opposed to a 4-3-3, which actually is a bit of a tweak. But what I, what I want to bring up with you, I'm sure we'll preview the semifinal game in detail when we record on Sunday, but the, the one of the takeaways from this game is that the U.S. will be missing Bedoya, uh, Bobby Wood, as well as Jones. Uh, and those are three important players in the system. Um, my friend Joe Dilling has been talking to me about this on Twitter, and he suggests that we might see the introduction start, uh, of, of Zussi starting ahead of the likes of uh, Nagby, who I, who I picked. Uh, what, what about you? How, do you? how do you see the reworking of that system? Yeah, I think he, uh, he values Zussi's work rate and, and his defensive work rate. So I think that's correct. I, I think he's he's right. Zussi will probably start. Uh, I'm assuming Beckerman for Jones. He's, mm-hmm. jo- Beckerman doesn't have quite Jones's mobility, and you're losing something. You're, I mean, Jermaine Jones has been fantastic in this tournament. Uh, gosh, you know, it was just one moment of madness. It wasn't even madness. He didn't, he yeah. didn't but it was just a thought. You don't put your hand up there and, and leave the referee with a right. decision. So he, he's gone. And then Bobby Wood is so integral to the way the U.S. plays in this system. And his, and his uh, tucking in and covering for the fullback. Uh, and we saw that again today before the sending off where he would tuck, tuck in and he could cover for Matt Beasler on that side. Or if he were playing on the other side, cover for Fabian Johnson against the, the, uh, the, 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 the pace of Antonio Valencia and Jefferson Montero. Uh, that is lost against Argentina. Beckerman uh, isn't quite as mobile. So, um, and you notice when the U.S. has played in a diamond, Beckerman has always played at the bottom or the tip of that diamond. Uh, because he's not that he, he doesn't move as well side to side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he moves the ball as well as any American player does side to side. I'll say that as far as his passing, he can keep the ball moving and circulate the ball, which uh, is important if you keep possession. It may, may not be against Argentina, assuming the U.S. faces Argentina, may mm-hmm. not have that much possession. But I, so those are the three. I think it'd be Beckerman, Zusi, and probably Pulisic. Mm-hmm. It could be Wando. Could be Nagby too. It might get Nagby uh, in that system as well. So it's been and yeah. and I think Yedlin comes. Uh, Beatler played very well today, but I think Yedlin comes back for um, uh, uh, comes back for for a potential matchup against Argentina. Oh, good lord! I I mean the thought of that forward line against anyone in that forward line against Yedlin makes me just shake my head and in fear at how embarrassing that's going to be guys let's go ahead and move uh, ahead to talking about the england game um where do we start with this uh, the f- i guess the way i contextualize this game robert is that roy hodson tried to pull a klinsman uh, in spite of all the criticism he got after the first game he kept the same system he kept the same personnel in the second game it did not, however, unlike the Klinsman situation, it did not work out. And credit to him, he made some changes, brought on Sturridge, um, and uh, who 
who's the other person he brought on? I, I'm totally blanking. Was, he brought on Vardy. Vardy, thank you. Yeah, Sturgeon Vardy uh, at the start of the second half. And that really opened up the game and the, uh, led England to the victory. It was baffling. I mean, when you consider what the what the results were for both of these teams and what they needed, you kind of knew that Wales could get away with playing a little bit more defensively. And mm-hmm. and the the lineup that um, England threw out there again just it, it just wasn't producing. You know, it, you could see kind of a head that it probably wouldn't produce as well against this this Wales lineup and the way it was uh, going, uh, especially with some of the players in the form. So yeah, you're right. It was a little confusing as to why. They're almost stubborn. Almost a sense of I'm going to go down with the ship that I that brought me here, um, but to his credit, again, without he didn't do um, what some managers would would do and just double down. Uh, he did bring on some inform some of the two inform players that we mentioned, and they made a huge difference. Uh, I mean, it was a 180 switch right. between the first half and the second half in this match, and you could see England with a little bit of life. Uh, you know, the the, the goals that were scored uh, were just uh, well done by uh, some very good players. And uh, it was a different England team. Um, you know, I, I didn't think – I think they, they were – people gave them too much credit in the Russian match. That they, I don't think they played that well. Th- this second half was the best that I've seen them play in a while. Mm-hmm. And they were playing against a good team that was uh, bunkering in a little bit to get a get a draw uh, or at least, you know, at least a draw. And, and they came out with, a, with three points. Karthik, uh, we both uh, – I think everyone who watches the game closely is in agreement that – Unlike the Copa America, the, the refereeing in the European Championships has been terrific. And that's what allowed for that first uh, Vardy goal when uh, it looked like he was in an offset position. But as we know, it actually came off Ashley Williams, so it wasn't offside. So refereeing aside, what did you see in this game from England uh, that makes you believe that they will go far in this tournament? Because uh, I have to admit that I, in spite of that second half performance, there were a lot of there's still a lot of questions uh, with that England team, and uh, well, maybe Sturridge is the answer. Their officiating has been excellent in this tournament. A few m- mistakes here and there, but that happens ev- everywhere. We see UEFA has picked the top officials, and they're doing a great job. So good shout there, Kapoon, to the officials. Uh, what uh, from this match makes me believe England can go very far in the tournament? Nothing. It's all about <laughs> matchups because they're third-place teams that are going to get out of the groups, and it's about who you play. It's kind right. of a different situation this year as a 24-team tournament. And England might win their group. They might not. And Wales plays uh, Russia, and I think England-Slovakia is like a draw so Wales could get three points against Russia and still win the group I thought the two best players on the pitch today for me were uh, Aaron Ramsey and Joe Allen at least for the duration of the game for the 90 minutes of the game I thought both were very good in the Welsh midfield uh, I, I liked the way uh, Wales's uh, wide players Gunter and particularly Neil Taylor got forward in the first half uh, Bale was Bale when he gets into space he's very dangerous so I there wasn't much I, 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 I there weren't very many guys I, I would say played well for England. In fact, mm-hmm. I would, I would, uh, England got, got out, right? They got out of jail. Right. I do not think there was a whole lot of difference between the way England played in this game and Belgium played against Italy. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Italy is a stronger opponent than Wales. And, um, there were, uh, there were also, uh, uh, some, maybe some, some poor finishing from Belgium, whereas, uh, Vardy took that chance and Sturridge, Sturridge did brilliantly on that final goal. But, uh, I saw guys clumping up on the pitch. I saw Hodgson just throwing attacker on after attacker, desperately trying to throw men forward. No shape in the midfield. I, given Rooney props, I'm in agreement with you. He couldn't move the ball side to side. Uh, he was out of position. 
he can play those long balls. I noticed that those diagonal balls, he can play very well, as, as you mentioned. But uh, the Michael Carrick type work or Danny Drinkwater type work wasn't done today by him. And it wasn't done at all. Mm-hmm. I thought Delhi Ali was positionally very poor today. I, I didn't like anything I saw from England. Now, somehow they won. And as I said, I thought Dale and Allen were the two best players. And somehow they were on the team that lost. But um, maybe England is going to is going to get b- breaks and get through this tournament. Otherwise, I, I don't see them getting past the quarterfinals. I uh, we've had uh, 180 minutes of evidence now, once again, yeah. that they're not at the level that so many in the British press and so many proponents of England thought they were at, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. I think it's just a young team. World Cup 2018, they could be very strong, but it's first tournament for a lot of these guys. And not only is it the first tournament for a lot of these guys, Karthik, as you, as you said, they're a young team. It's a lot of, it's a first season for a lot of these guys. I mean, look, uh, look at Vardy. It's, it's not first guys. Yeah. In the sense that uh, this is Vardy's breakthrough season. So this is the season that's brought him to prominence. Marcus Rashford, all the Spurs guys. So uh, all a lot of these players, I even Chris, I put Chris Smalling in that. This is Chris Smalling's breakout season as well. So for a lot of these players, this has been their first season that they have reach prominence at the world level. That's a great point. Yeah. And the two guys I mentioned on Wales that I think were very good in this game, Ramsey and Al. Now, Ramsey's a very, very good player. We know that he's probably as good as any England player. So um, that's not a surprise. But Joe mm-hmm. Allen being as good as he was today was a bit of a surprise to me. But those are guys who are veterans. Those are guys who've now played in the Premier League right. for six, seven, eight seasons consistently when they're not injured. Uh, obviously, Allen's been in and out of the Liverpool team. Ramsey always plays for Arsenal when he's not hurt. So uh, that's a good point. The contrast with the Rashfords and the Deli Ali's and the Harry Kane's and the Jamie Vardy's is pretty dramatic. And, and I think England, I, I, when it sounds like I'm negative about England, I think they're young. I think in 2018, they're going to be very good. In Euro 2020, when the final is going to be at Wembley, they could win it. But it's just, it's a bridge too far now. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a transition and uh, it's a tournament too soon for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and the guy, and you know, you all are bringing up some of the teams that have done well, even in a small sample type size. You bring up the Spains, the Italy's, the Germany's of the world. Mm-hmm. These are teams that have played together and had players come right. up through the ranks and right. played together for a number of games. You know, Aaron Ramsey and Joe Allen. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know at least Aaron Ramsey's been on this Wales team for a long time. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, the longer that these players play together for England, uh, that can make a huge difference if they can if they can stick. Yeah, very good points, uh, gentlemen. Uh, very briefly, Karthik and Robert will. Um, we should mention that another big result today was Northern, Northern Ireland beating Ukraine two nothing. Uh, and Karthik, you had a couple of points you wanted to make about that. Yeah, I thought they really played well. Uh, big shout to go with Johnny Evans at left back. Uh, over Shane Ferguson today. I, w- I was very surprised by that decision, actually. Uh, by, Tony uh, Pulis has by, been doing it all yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> Michael O'Neill, and it's the same situation, right? It's Chris Brunt is injured uh, for, for both club and country, mm-hmm. and, and, and that decision's had to be made. So uh, I think I, I, I think he was really good as far as I was concerned, Johnny Evans. And in general, um, you're looking at a Northern Ireland team that looked today like a team that not only belonged in this tournament, but a team that could beat – well, obviously they won 2-0, but a team that could advance in this tournament. 
I was uh, stunned because remember I, I'd given them uh, props in our preview pods. I was stunned by how they came out against Poland and how starstruck they looked and how uh, off the pace they looked. They looked like one of the worst teams in the tournament, if not the worst. And I, and I have to you know, chalk that up to that being uh, first game in a major tournament in 30 years uh, for, 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 for a country uh, like Northern Ireland and a nation like Northern Ireland. And so they, they looked very good today. And, um, Josh McGinnis made a decision not to go to the corner when they're up 1-0 right. in stoppage time. Couldn't believe he did that. Put a shot on goal, but put it on with enough power, which is what you do. You're told if you're not going to go to the corner, put a shot. Make sure it's on target, and the keeper either has to parry it out, out of play or there's a rebound. Um, there's a rebound. McGinn goes in, scores 2-0, uh, match over. Uh, what this does is this puts Northern Ireland in a position to go through uh, if they can get a point against Germany or maybe even if they just lose 1-0. Uh, guys, this is uh, it's a great note to end the, end the show on. We might yeah. have all three home nations competing in this tournament in this in the knockout stages. Who would have thought that uh, England doesn't have it all to themselves anymore? Uh, Northern Ireland and Wales very much could be uh, in the knockout stages of the Euros, and we know once you get to the knockout stages, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. As uh, we should also mention that Germany drew nil nil with uh, with Poland in a game that was. Actually, more exciting than the scoreline will suggest. I thought Lewandowski had a couple of good chances. Germany still has to figure out how they're going to balance the width issue that they have because all their players uh, on the that are usually playing on the wings are moving too far centrally and it's making everything really narrow. So uh, very interesting so far, guys. And we'll be back on Sunday to talk more about this. We'll preview the USA, um, presumably USA-Argentina game. Uh, and the other quarterfinals and talk about what's been going on in the uh, European Championships as well. So uh, I just want to say thank you to both you, Robert and Karthik. Uh, and on behalf of everyone here at World Soccer Talk and at the Eurocopa podcast, Karthik. Enjoy your football. <laughs> <laughs>